Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. One episode this week, back to normal scheduling. We don't have much, much to talk about, honestly, today. Just a few topics to talk about. I'll go right into it. I do want to start off with some golf talk. We haven't had golf talk since, uh, since we talked about the open championship which was a few weeks ago but now we are into the fedex cup playoffs with the northern trust open teeing off today that is the first tournament of the playoffs and i will let you take it away sir golf is more your sport so i'll have you take it away so yeah we got the northern trust going on this weekend which is the first official tournament for the fedex cup playoffs uh they are actually right now playing in New Jersey. Um, they just finished up the rounds. All players have got in. Right now we have uh, two players tied for the lead. We got Justin Thomas and John Rahm both finished the day at a minus eight, which is a very outstanding score. Um, but these tournaments are kind of just fun to watch. Clearly they're not majors or anything and don't mean too 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 much in like the long run. But um, no, but like right now it's the top 125 players in the world. Um, but only 123 went because two players pulled out for sicknesses. And then next week, they go to the top if you make the top 70. And then after that, the final week for the FedEx Cup playoffs is top 50. I believe that's how it works. But uh, right now, um, nothing too crazy really had gone on today. Um, like I said, just the two players sitting at minus eight, which is a fantastic score. Um, but most of these guys, in my opinion, especially guys who have the higher FedEx Cup rankings, um, are more looking to kind of secure their place for their Ryder Cup teams um, <laughs> because you get <laughs> – excuse me. I do apologize to the people listening. I am sick of a science infection, so if I'm coughing and sound nasally, that is why. But um, so they send the top six, and then the captain also gets another six picks, so now players are kind of just trying to go in there and try to secure their spot on their Ryder Cup team to either play for USC or USA or Team Europe. Um, which is always fun to watch, and it was happening at the end of September. Um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing really too crazy right now. I'm just looking. I am not shocked at the two players right at the top. I mean, both these guys have been on fire all season with JT and John Rahm. Um, I would say both, the way they both look today, any of these two can win the tournament. Um, any of them could win. Either of them could Potentially yeah, winning what, the what full FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise you if we saw one of these two names win the win the full playoffs, like you just said. So it's not a surprise up there. Um, not two really big names, like up towards the top, though. I mean, you got excuse me, Roy McIlroy, who was even today. Just Brooks Kepko was at minus one. Xander Shoffley, um, also who was the gold medal winner this year, uh, also at minus one. Um. Most of those guys are kind of sitting around that minus one to even area, like the Shambo sitting even. So, I mean, right now, clearly, it is just Thursday. It's a long tournament. You have no idea what's going to happen with anything. The only really surprising thing to me is Kyle Morikawa uh, finished plus three today. I get it is a long weekend. I think he'll be fine with his FedEx Cup ranking um, to move on past the weekend or into the next tournament. But that's a shock because he's sitting right towards the bottom of the leaderboard. He's tied for... 104th with uh, Max Homa, Matthew Naismith, and Lucas Glover. So that that was a shock to see there. But other than that, just I just love watching golf. I can't get enough of it. And I'm excited to see how these playoffs turn out, even though the playoffs, in my opinion, the last round are kind of stupid because if you're, like, first in the FedEx Cup rankings, you start, like, minus eight under par or something like that. And clearly, like, second finishes – was over in second, like we'll start at like minus seven. And it's just odd. Like that last turn of the year to me really doesn't mean much. I, in my opinion, who's ever in first going in there should win the tournament just based on the lead they start with. 
Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there, honestly. Like you said, the FedEx Cup playoffs, honestly, because, like, you know, it's the end of the PGA season. For the, It literally is the end of the PGA season. We're going into the Ryder Cup after that, and then all, and then of course, you know, rinse and repeat with the golfing, with the golf cycle, obviously. Um, uh, but the thing is, though, is like this tournament where where the big names are placed in the tournament, you know, they really have to like completely bottle this tournament in order not to move on to the next tournament in the playoffs, honestly. Because the thing is, though, is like a good amount of big names are in that top 75, top 70 portion of the rankings. Bless you, by the way, if that was a sneeze. Um, okay. Um, so what I'm saying there is like, and if, if they really have to fuck it up somehow, they really have to go out like today, tomorrow, shit the bed, not make it into the weekend and, you know, find themselves just on that outside threshold somehow. But the thing is though, is like, This first tournament, it's just a matter of, like, you know, they really don't care. Like, yeah, it's a tournament. You want to win. You want to get that prize money associated with that tournament, obviously. But the thing is, though, is, like, most players, you know, they if they're within, like, distance of, like, the top spot or, you know, if they know they can make a move, if they do really well without winning tournaments, they can find themselves getting closer and closer to, like, where they want to be as they get into the next tournament. And then, of course, obviously, the um, uh, the final tournament, the Tour Championship, which concludes the PGA season and the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like, the same thing will happen next tournament, uh, you know, up in, for the Tour Tournament. Although, I do agree with you, like, where they start out with minus eight, minus seven. That's kind of stupid, honestly. Because the thing is, though, is, like, that, that, that just should not happen. That just should not happen. I mean, the thing is, though, is, like, you know, that would be, like, you know, I, that would be like, say, in uh, say in a baseball game, you know, if, say, one team is like 10 games up on another team, like, oh, you start with 10 runs and they have to catch up to you. Yeah, no, it's a, I don't I, – I get, like, it's trying to push the guys to do better throughout the season and finish as high as they can on those rankings. But I just think it's such a stupid – it's just such a stupid like just way of doing it to me i just think all players should start on that even playing field i don't even know know why they do it to be honest like it 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 bottles my mind every year i see i mean even dustin johnson who won the fedex cup last year um says he he doesn't even like the way that it's set up it's kind of he said it doesn't mean as much because it's set up that way where you should be winning have the even playing field and the thing is too it's like you all start out like yeah we all you all start out at even part like you know you tee off and then all of a sudden and then like you know you go up and down up and down the leaderboard like a normal tournament and that's how exactly how it should be honestly but the thing is though is i don't know why the pga decided to do that for the tour championship i um uh i have no clue like you said it's mind-boggling to say the least um, I don't know, maybe they saw it like as a factor of like, you know, intrigue or whatever, you know, um, factor of wonder or whatever the fuck the PGA had with whatever brain they were using, lack of brain cells that they were using when they came up with this convoluted idea. Right, but, I mean, you, could, you even saw Jordan Spieth come out, I believe it was like earlier today, he said he'd rather play. I mean, I think most players agree with this as well, but he said I would rather play at the Ryder Cup than in the Tour Championship. Oh. I, I can see that being the case there. I mean, the thing is, though, is like, on, I mean, the thing is, is like, honestly, like, well, Jordan Spieth, honestly, is going to be on the Ryder Cup team for the United States anyways. I mean, that's pretty much a given based on how he played all, all season. And even if he didn't play how he played all season, like, I'm still putting Jordan Spieth on yeah. the Ryder Cup team. So the thing is there is that. I see like his point there, you know, it's better to represent your country in a tournament than participating in something that, you know, you have a good feeling about that. You don't really have a chance of like winning the FedEx Cup playoffs. 
Uh, so like if you part if you don't participate in the tour championship, no, because you know that like you're so far back of like the top, even the top 10, like, yeah, it makes no sense. You might as well just go up to Sheboygan, Wisconsin and prepare for the Ryder cup. I mean, whistling straights is a beautiful course. So no, don't take anything away from whistling straights, but yeah, I have the exact way they start here. I, I looked it up on the PGA website. So it's um so the FedEx Cup point leader after the first two playoff events will begin the tour championship at 10 under par with the next four players uh players ranked two through five will start at minus eight. Um the next four they're minus eight through minus five. So whoever second gets to start minus eight, who's ever third, minus seven, and so on and so forth. And then the next five after them will begin at four under, and then the people rank like 26 to 30th at the start of even par that's so stupid yeah it, it, it doesn't make much sense it really is just dumb and it, it makes for no excitement like you're basically making just kind of like a five not even a five horse race you're really making it kind of like a two horse race with the guy sitting at minus eight just trying to chase that guy at minus ten exactly it's happening because i mean two strokes here and there on a day could happen, but I mean, you're telling me you're gonna have a guy start at minus ten and then a guy start even. Just like I, I enjoy watching the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I enjoy watching the Northern Trust, and then I like the BMW Championship as well, which is the second playoff. But then just once it gets to that final basketball playoff, I just want to know really who wins. I don't ever typically watch any of that just based on the setup. Yeah, the setup is kind of stupid, honestly, and I do agree with you there, honestly, because it's nice to, you know, watch the first two tournaments, figure out, like, you know, where they are in the standings, and then, but, you know, if the standings, like, are, like, close, and I, I'm talking, like, close, like, you know, you know what I mean there, and when it gets to a tour championship, and, like, say you're, like, five points back of, like, the first person, <laughs> And you have to start two strokes back at them. Like that's so stupid. Like if the if the tenth place guy is like fifty points back of like outside the top three, and it's like okay, then like you know that like and he's got started like what minus five or something like that. If he's in tenth, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So he's five strokes back of the leader. He's three strokes back of the guy in second. So like that's ca that's playing catch up the entire time. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. So like I can uh, I don't know like what like I said the PGA may coming up with this convoluted idea which turns out to be completely stupid. Like you know it's almost as it's almost as dumb as if Major League Baseball had the extra innings rule in the postseason where you start with a runner on second. That would be so like it makes no sense. Um, uh, that would also be like in a playoff game for basketball, the higher seed has a starts out up 10, nothing right in a basketball game or even hockey. Yeah. I'm a high, you're the higher seed. Oh, you start up two. well, you start up two, nothing. Right. You and start up two games to nothing or on the other team or even just two, nothing. Whatever I was thinking just two, nothing in, yeah. in every game. I don't want two, oh, and uh, I don't want two, oh, in a series out. Start up two, oh, oh, yeah. That would be terrible. That would be fucking terrible. Uh, I, there wouldn't be a point of watching playoffs, uh, a best of seven playoff series, if that was the case. Sports would fold. But um, uh, I, I think the PGA really needs to like reevaluate that and go back to the old, to go back to normalcy of golf um, uh, with that there. But we, but we're just focusing on this one, on this tournament here, the Northern Trust. We'll see how that goes, and then, I'll, and then, like you know, we'll see like where they go in terms of the rankings moving up or down, and then the top seventy or top seventy-five <coughs> will move into the BMW Championship, and then you know when that happens next week, we can talk about that there. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Do you have any other do you have any other thoughts before on uh, on the on the uh, FedEx Cup playoffs before we move into our next topic? Uh, no, I'm good with that. There, I just wanted to highlight that that's going on this weekend for the next two weeks, two or well, three weekends now. Yeah, next uh, three weekends. I just wanted to highlight that, and then I'm just like what I'm watching it for is just who I want to see who's gonna be playing for Team USA for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all. I'm, that's all I'm worried about. I think for the most part, for the Ryder, 
I think for the Ryder Cup, like most of the spots are practically picked. I mean, let's be honest here. There's like, only two have... people that quali- that are qualified for the team so far. Um, they are the, the, the shoe-ins for sure. It's Kyle Morikawa and Dustin Johnson because uh, they're ranked one and two, and I don't think anyone can pass them in points uh, for the Ryder Cup points. But I'm curious to see who Steve Stryker's six picks will be for the team as well, knowing that this is more of a team game um, and not just solo play. Um, so he, you want to kind of go after the best team players in, in that fact aspect instead of uh, the best players in the world, to be honest. But um, I'm curious. One thing about that, just jumping to Ryder Cup, this real fast, I'm just curious to see how Brooks Koepka and Bryson DeChambeau will be uh, able to handle themselves if they both play for Team USA. <laughs> ratings, ratings, bonanza. But no, uh, USA always gets shit on in the Ryder Cups. So, I mean, hopefully, well, it's, I mean, hopefully it's different this year. Well, actually... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, this is true. This is very true. Europe is the defending, uh, Ryder Cup, uh, winners, the reigning Ryder Cup winners because they won, um, uh, in 2018. I did forget that. Mm-hmm. I for, I thought for, I, for a second there, I thought it was like every four years. I remembered it was every two years and the President's Cup is every two years in between. Yeah. So, so that's where I thought about that. So I forgot Europe won in 18 because I remembered, uh, we you won the won President's in- Cup last, last year. Two years ago, and we, it was. we dominate the President's Cup, I feel yeah. like, going up against the rest of the world. But when it comes to the Ryder Cup, we can't win the Ryder Cup for shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know we won it in 16, but the thing is, though, is, like, that's before 16, like, we hadn't won, like, Europe pretty much, like, <laughs> do, like that's like an outlier between European dominance. No, yeah, because Team USA doesn't know how to play that style of team golf. Whereas uh, Europe, the European team is always very solid at that, especially once it comes to like the match play, like the team match play when you're doing alternate shot, they're very sound at that. Because that's, that's what like, they practice over yeah, they, in Europe. That's, that's how where, they play it. That's where they we get killed in that aspect. Exactly, because that's what they focus on over in Europe there, whereas we don't here in the United States. We more along the lines, every tournament is focused in um, – uh, scrambles or stroke play or whatever or something along the lines of that so definitely something to look be on the lookout for uh as we get closer to the Ryder cup and then like you said you know just following the fedex cup playoffs is something to make follow when it comes to like making sure that the right players for team usa are picked for the Ryder cup but um uh that's all i have there on that um We'll move now into our next topic, which is, you know, probably bad for our mental health being the fans of the Buffalo Sabres. But earlier today, Jack Eichel tweeted for the first time in like forever. I think it's the it's only like his second tweet ever um, uh, on his Twitter account. The first tweet being um, uh, verifying who he was to Twitter. He's like, no, this is me. I'm Jack Eichel. But his second um, uh, his second um, uh, tweet, it was like it, it was that emoji with like um, uh, how would you describe that emoji? Uh, Very kind it, of like the annoyed, frust- frustrated face, I would say. Yeah, frustrated, annoyed, annoyed emoji face or something like that. So, as we all, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, and I'm pretty sure if you follow the National Hockey League. Obviously, you know about the entire Jack Eichel situation. He has he's injured. Um, rumor has it is that he also wants out of Buffalo, um, and the Sabers are not willing to let him have a surgery that he wants, and they're also not willing to trade him because they see him as a top fifteen player in the league, which one healthy, in my honest opinion, he is, but. Given, but the asking price for a lot of teams that were looking for Eichel, they the uh, opposing teams that want to trade for him saw that what the Sabers were asking for was too much. So I don't know what Eichel is actually annoyed at there with that tweet, whether it's the fact that he wants to have surgery, 
um, uh, and the team won't let that happen. Maybe it's the fact that the whole trades, the whole trade process is taking longer than it should have, because not only did we pass the expansion draft, we passed the actual draft, the actual draft as well. Um, uh, and now we are just a few weeks away from teams returning to training camp and the 2021-22 NHL season from starting. So I can see why he's annoyed, whether it's one of those things, whether it's both. But the thing is, though, is like I want your take on this and uh, just lay it all out there, whether it's good for our mental health, bad for our mental health. Just lay it all out there and I'll see what I can and, and I'll try to see where you see where each of us stand here for the most part. <laughs> well, I I. So my just problem begins with the team's doctors and Jack. I, in my opinion, I get he's under contract with the Sabres and the team want, they want to do what is best uh, for them, which the team wants that, uh, that neck fusion surgery for that herniated disc in his neck. Whereas Jack Eichel wants a, um, it's kind of like a, I can't think of the word, but kind of like a, uh, a fake disc put in there. Um, which I understand as well. And so there, there are two, for people who don't, who don't really know, uh, Jack Eichel's team is butting heads with the Sabres doctors because the doctors uh, for the Sabres want to get one surgery, whereas Eichel wants his other surgery. Whereas I'm with Jack on this one, I wouldn't want to get uh, a fusion surgery this early anyways because another hit or another wrong movement with that, like, a fusion could really fuck you up. Whereas if something bad does happen with Jack's surgery, he can always go back and get the fusion done if needed. Um, if the surgery he wants doesn't work, but you can never fix a fusion. You're just going to have to keep fusing it back together. Um, so I'm, I'm with Jack on this one. Um, I get his frustration and I get the Sabres frustration as well, though, because I mean, you're paying this guy, what, 10 million a year. Um, and he might not even play this season. And it, he, since he's injured, he could sit out and still get paid um, under IR technically. But I don't know if the Sabres are willing to do that. And his – Jack Eichel's uh, stock is down so low right now with everything that's going on between him and the team. Um, the Sabres are asking for a lot for Jack Eichel, which is understandable. But they also have to understand that this isn't a healthy Jack Eichel they're looking to trade right now. No one knows what's going to happen with Jack's neck surgery when he, once he comes back on um, how he's going to be playing. Clearly, right now, he is one of the best, like, he's one of the best hockey players. In the world. I would say top, top 10 for sure. Um, but he's stuck in a shitty situation here in Buffalo where is this management and ownership never really gave him players to help him out up until last year, which we kind of saw just didn't pan out. Anyways, we're going to uh, acquire Taylor Hall. Um, we never really got him any solid goaltending or defending to help this team. And it, it's just becoming a mess at this point. And I would just like to see Jack out of here just for his sake and the Sabres' sake as well. Because if we move him, we're clearly moving that contract, which will open up money for us to go get new players. But also, Jack doesn't want to be here. So why I want to force him to be for him to be here if he doesn't want to be, which is a shitty thing to say as much as I love Jack Eichel. Um, he has given a lot to the city and he has every right to demand a trade, but the Sabres also do since he's on the contract, have every right to keep him around as long as they want to, just because he requests a trade and is trying to force the way out here. Doesn't mean you need, you are going to be traded out because you are under contract. You are a player of the Buffalo Sabres. So it's just kind of, it's a tough situation to be in, um, for Jack and the Sabres because clearly like you want a player of Michael's caliber on your team, but you also want someone who doesn't want to be here. And it just makes us all for just a tough situation. Yeah. I mean, this whole situation is a shit show. I mean, ever since the season last hockey season ended, at least for the Sabres, like obviously the rumor mill and regarding Eichel, literally like, well, it hit the ground running like as soon as like he was shut down practically for the rest of last season. And it only, and the rumors only got worse and then the trade talks happened. And the thing is, though, is like, you're right. Like 
he's not 100%. He may not even be 50% based on his, uh, his neck problems. And the thing is, too, is like what really annoys me about the whole situation is the differing opinions on like what to do for the player in terms of like, you know, what kind of surgery is needed, is not needed, what one wants, what the other one wants. I mean, obviously the thing is though, is like both of both parties, Eichel and the Sabres, both have a solution to try and fix the problem in terms of Jack Eichel's health. They just can't see eye to eye there, mainly because the doctors, you know, have the differing, uh, differing opinions. The team doctors are saying one thing and Jack Eichel's doctors and in his camp are saying another. And the thing is though, is like, you know, if this, like you said, and the thing is though, is like, this is just a known fact. Like if Jack Eichel's surgery is fucked up, like, no matter whichever way it goes, whether it's the fake disc or if it's the fusion, whichever one is fucked, whichever one happens, if it's fucked up, then Jack Eichel's playing career is cut short, cut severely short. Like he he'll never play hockey again. So like obviously like that's like where both parties like are looking at it there. Like the Sabres want Jack to play hockey. Jack Eichel obviously wants to play hockey. The Sabres know that the Sabres know that like in my opinion, they know that he's his time in Buffalo is probably tough. They want, obviously, both parties want to get that situated as soon as possible because, like I said, here I am talking, here we are talking, August 19th, 2021, and the Sabres home opener is, I believe, Thursday, October 7th and against the Montreal Canadiens. So that's just under two months that the Sabres will be at, at, will be getting ready for their home opener. Uh, training camp will be started, will be starting like what, middle of September? So like a, a month before training camp. And this whole situation hasn't been figured out. And they haven't been playing hockey for what, four months now, something like that. Um, uh, so it's actually insane that we're still at this point here. And going into the Eichel trade rumor mill, the trade talks and everything, I can understand why the Sabres want what they want, like you said, because when Jack Eichel is healthy, yes, he is a top 15, top 10, top 10, top 15 player in the National Hockey League. Depends on like where you put him. If you put him, if he, if he's not top 10, he's just outside the top 10. No low, no low, no lower than that. Um, obviously, you know, they're obviously that we all know that. Um, his time in Buffalo, you know, has it, it hasn't been the greatest. We'll, no, we'll it's, be definitely, it's definitely coming to an end. I mean, the yeah, whole experiment clearly hasn't worked out, unfortunately, for us. Um, no, but I mean, at the end of the day, like Jack Eichel's a high level athlete, and like this is my this is where I disagree with the Sabres. Like, Clearly, Jack Eichel, no, like he's not going to do something that he doesn't think is the right decision for him to make about his body. Like no. his body is the way he makes money. So for the Sabres to think they know better than whose body it actually is, sucks. It does. It, when teams and players, when a team and player can't see eye to eye on that, you know the relationship is damaged. So obviously, that's like why they. They should. That's like why they should trade him now. But at the same time, like like you said, they're not going to get what they want for him because he's not a hundred percent. He's not even like fifty percent. Like I said, in my opinion, because of what of what kind of surgery he needs. Right. But the thing that bothers me is like, yeah, okay, like you know, healthy Jack Eichel will get picks and top prospects, but this Jack Eichel. Other teams feel like they can take advantage of the Buffalo Sabres based on other acquisitions and trades in the past and kind of fleece Buffalo into uh, just taking Eichel and say, here you go, you get this pile of crap or whatever. But the thing is, though, is the Sabres stuck to what they wanted, and that's why a number of teams have pulled out um, uh, in terms of even 
approaching the table with an offer because they feel like that that is too much. The Kings, the Ducks, and even the Wild, I think, were the teams to have all like walked away uh, before they even got to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got the Rangers, which are just about their fan base is just fucking stupid. They I mean, the, they bought the uh, one of billboard. The, one of the yeah, one of the podcasts there bought the billboard right on the I ninety. Um, but one ninety. I, I the yeah, sorry, the one ninety. Um, oh, good. I just don't want the Sabers to trade Eichel in just in the Eastern Conference, let alone division. Like I don't want him in the Eastern Conference. I don't want to go going to the Rangers because the Rangers are just going to say, here, this guy's good, when in reality, Capococco's stats are fucking terrible since he came into the league. He's got a career, even though he's only been in the league a few years, his career, plus, his plus minus right now is a minus 23. Okay, I don't want a player like that. I don't want a player like that who, with a plus minus like that on the ice, that's terrible. Um, uh, but the thing is, though, uh, I mean, I, I mean, Alexi, Lafren, Alexi Lafreniere, like obviously, you know, it took him a while. It took him a while to adapt to the league too, and everybody thought he was going to be like, you know, the the second incarnation of Wayne, the next incarnation of Wayne Gretzky, the great one. Uh, you know, be better than Sidney Crosby, come out like a ball of fire, and look what happened there. I really don't trust the Rangers at all with like if they give a if if they make an offer to Buffalo because this like. They've got some pretty good players, but at the same time, like those players, like really haven't done anything, like either last season, the past couple of years, and then like when it comes to their depth, like, <laughs> you know? No, yeah, I know. It's just, it's a tough situation with both sides at the end of the day, and like, it's just so hard because clearly we're not the GMs in the room knowing what's going on. Exactly. And I don't want to be the people on Twitter acting like they know all of what's going on with the situation. GMS clearly, clearly none of us don't. No, I mean, not at all. We all are looking at this from the outside, just trying to figure out what has been said um, from certain sides. And it's obvious Eichel's agents aren't happy. It's obvious um, Eichel's not happy, even though he really hasn't come out and said anything. It's been all words through his agents. Um, but I mean, you look at, I mean, there have been plenty of players in history who have wanted to trade out of a team and weren't happy and they end up figuring it out and they'll be happy at the end of the day. But I just, it, it just seems like this relationship between the cycle and the Sabres is just too far gone at this point where it can't be repaired. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And the thing is though, is like you, you said, there are a lot of players throughout his, the history of sports that have had terrible relationships with their teams and were not able to repair them. But the thing is, though, is like teams just never let them go. Um, uh, it, you know, it's pretty sad to actually see that. It's pretty sad to see that happen there. I mean, you know, a player, a player knows that they want out. The team knows that they want out too, but they kind of just like hold them prisoner or hostage because like they're under contract so like they don't really have anything to say the case there i always um uh i mean i'm not gonna put basketball into that into context here because let's be honest the players get whatever they want for the most part in that league um uh same thing for um uh, same thing honestly i would think more of like european soccer there um uh take a look at and i i'll only go into this briefly but Look at the Harry Kane situation uh, with Tottenham. For those that don't know, follow the European transfer market. <laughs> Harry Kane's probably like one of the best um, uh, center forwards, striker and slash strikers in European soccer, and he plays for a team that is a middle of the run club in England, in English, in the English Premier League, and he's never won a major trophy with them, but. He takes home a lot of individual accolades in terms of, like, you know, top goal scorer. Uh, He was even a top assist provider. And he's been at Tottenham for a few years now. And he wants to and he wants to leave. But they Tottenham won't let him uh, because of he still has a three, three years on his contract. And they feel that he's worth more than what um, uh, Manchester City, the other the team that wants to buy him is worth. uh, like, you know, get hit by pay him for his services, sort of say, um, uh, because of how the transfer market works. But 
that's that's what I was thinking about the entire time we're talking about Eichel because you know you have a star player playing for a terrible organization. Um, he ha- Harry Kane does like Eichel kind of does have a history of injury, not as bad as this neck problem, but like ha- when Harry Kane is injured, like it shows with Tottenham that they need him, and now he and now because he's. It, it's like I wouldn't say he's failed to do anything, but the team has failed to win something while he was there, much like the Sabres have failed to make the playoffs in Eichel's tenure. Um, now Harry Kane wants out, just like Eichel, and the respective clubs, the Sabres and Tottenham Hotspur, are not letting the players make the moves that they want to make. Um, uh, so well, uh, The organization, in my opinion, doesn't need to. Yeah, they don't. They don't need. I don't want to be on the side where if a player requests a trade, you need to trade him. No, no. You, you, players under contract for their services. Yes. Um, So clearly, it's like working working at a business. If you don't like your job, you just can't say I don't want to. Well, I mean, it would be easier for that because then you can always quit. Well, you can always quit. You can always quit, but like you can't tell your boss, "Oh, I want to go to just send me out." Actually, this is a very bad, very bad explanation of it. But like you can't just go to my, your boss and say, hey, just send me over to another company who's like your competitor. Like say I work at AT&T, tell my boss, hey, go trade me to Verizon. Like, no, I'm under AT&T's contract with them for whatever I'm working for. And like you either stick it out or you quit. Um, I don't really think you can quit. I, I don't know how that works per se, like with uh, professional sporting contracts. Like if you could just quit on a team and I become a free agent. I don't think that's how that works. I know you can. I actually, I think it works like you can sit out of your contract uh, for the rest of your contract, but you won't get paid for it. Clearly, and then become a free agent after that contract is up. But Eichel doesn't want to do that because he'd be leaving no. a lot of money on the table. Same thing with Harry Kane, where he just wouldn't want to sit out of. I mean, right now he kind of is. To be he, he, he kind of is, but the thing is, though, he also hasn't been. He also like. It's not that he's doing that on purpose. He didn't go to he he hasn't been training with the rest of the team, so he wasn't able to play. Whereas Eichel obviously isn't able to isn't able to do anything either. So he does, but he doesn't want to sit out either. Um, uh, and the thing is too is like, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you. Like the teams have every right to hold on to their players as long as they want. But the thing is though, it just creates bad blood all around bad blood between the uh, organization and the player, then the player, you know, the player, the, the, and then it goes to the fans. Like the fans don't know who to side with. Like the fans like uh, will could either turn on the, or turn on the team or they could also turn on the player or they could just turn on both. Um, very rarely does that happen. And then once it gets into the media, then the media will just blow it completely out of proportion. And then all, and then, you know, not only will you have the players integrity and their name being tarnished, but then you have the team's integrity and name uh, and reputation being tarnished too. Although the Sabres really have had their name dragged in through the mud for years. The same with the same with Tottenham actually. So um, uh, it is, so it is what it is there with that being the case. But I mean, that's just my two cents on that. I, I kind of saw like a little comparison between the two situations there, um, which is very, uh, what, I mean, the thing is, though, is like, you know, it's interesting there. I, like I said, I was thinking about it, like, how can this be, what is this relatable to? Because it's not really the case a lot in, um, uh, North American professional sports. Like you really don't see people being held hostage in baseball anymore because of the CBA uh, on their teams. Uh, in basketball, the players practically have free reign. And the in the NFL, run their teams in the NBA. Huh? I said the players run the team in the NBA. Exactly. That, so that, that's not... a joke how they let the players run the teams there. It's the superstar runs that team. Does what exactly. Exactly. And then in the NFL, the only way, the only time you see like a player like holding out or anything is if they want more money. Like they're not trying like, or they do send in a trade request because the team sucks and they hold out too. But the thing is though, is like that doesn't really happen as much as a lot of people think it does. Um, uh, so speaking of sitting out, did Deshaun Watson show up to camp ever? Deshaun Watson showed up to camp for the first five days. Then he went then away for five right? days. Then he disappeared. Then he came back. 
Then he's now the fourth string uh, quarterback on the depth chart. And now I think he's being investigated by the FBI. So, um, uh, so uh, <laughs> he, 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 he's fucked no matter what. I mean, if it wasn't for this whole situation here, Deshaun Watson probably wouldn't be at camp and he'd probably be sent at home. But the thing is, though, is like with what's going on now with all these allegations against him, He's he 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 he's got a mess. He's in a mess right now. Like he's got these allegations, which I mean, we don't know how that whole situation will play pan out. The the trade request obviously, you know, doesn't help him either. Uh, doesn't help the te- the whole situation doesn't help the Texans. But um, I mean, you can't get rid. Of, like you're not gonna, you can't get rid of somebody like that because with that much, you know, baggage associated with them. Um. Uh, and then expect to get like what you would like in return, like you know what you would expect to get for Deshaun Watson with that doesn't have baggage associated with him. So the Texans are in a very, very, very tight spot here. I mean, they could cut him and lose him for nothing, but the thing is, though, is like what if, if they do that, they won't get anything in return. And if somebody does pick him up, then he's their problem now. And then you know, without with what happens with these allegations and everything, not only will he has to have to face like anything like associated within the legal system, he'll also have to face anything associated with how the NFL runs, like, you know, their proceed, their their proceedings and everything. So if, if this all goes against him, the man could possibly not be playing football and I don't know, like, in terms of, like, the allegations or anything, but, I mean, he could be sued for a lot of money. And then at the same time, depending on how far all this all goes back, he could be facing criminal charges, too. I honestly need to – I honestly, you know, I, I, I kind of forgot, like, you know – that kind of like got pushed back, like, into the sports world. But that's a good point that you brought up there. Yeah, no <laughs> – Sorry. Oh fuck! Hang on. You keep talking. Hang on. I gotta go grab water. <laughs> yeah, go get some water. I mean, I really don't have anything else to say there, honestly, because like you know, I completely forgot about the uh, Deshaun Watson situation. Deshaun Watson situation for the most part, up until like when training camp started. I've completely like you know, I knew he wanted to get traded, and then like the Texans said, no, we're gonna keep him. But now the Texans pretty much have no choice but to keep him because of all these uh, allegations against him. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. But no, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that the Texans really are kind of – they're just stuck in the middle now with him where no team is going to want him. And exactly. you can't ship him off. And I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I'm assuming if Deshaun Watson is a Texan at the start of the season, uh, pending what happens like with the investigation, I know that will take a while and stuff. Watson will be the starter of that team. Um, you can't have Deshaun Watson be a backup to anyone that uh, the Texans have. I don't um, even know who their backups are. How about that? Uh, yeah, I think one of them, I think they actually just called me up the other day and asked me to come down there. Have oh, they rep, did with your sinus infection and everything? done in practice for them because I think I'm probably, but I don't even know who their backups are. I'm I don't know either. Back, but you can't have Deshaun Watson um, be not starting on that team. No, without a doubt, no, you can't. But, you know, I'm glad you brought, like I said, I'm glad you brought up that situation because um, uh, obviously, you know, he wants out, but the team's stuck in a bind because they don't know what to do with all the outside um, uh, legal action taken against him. So they're kind of like, well, we could let you go and let you fulfill that trade, but, like, it's not our fault. It's it's your fault. Bill's legend is, uh, Bill's legend, Tyrod Taylor, is QB1 and. Uh, in Houston, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Do you and, mean uh, you, Jeff, you, Jeff Drexel is their second string? And what the David fuck? Mills is their third string. Who? Who? Um, Who the fuck? David Mills. He oh, is. He that's is a- QB three. Uh, he's from Stanford. Uh, he was a third round pick this year. And that sounds like QB one for um uh, a few fantasy teams that uh in uh the Bad Company Fantasy Football League uh which is a league I participate in. You hear that, David Mills, Brad? I know I now know what you can do with your number one overall pick. You can pick David fucking Mills. There, I solved the issue for you. 
Um, uh, who the fuck is that? Jesus Christ. You mean Tyron Taylor, former Chargers quarterback that got stabbed in the lung by his own fucking doctor. <laughs> former and, Cleveland Browns quarterback. <laughs> no, Tyron Taylor getting stabbed by his own fucking doctor is cute. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, the Justin Herbert show began. Yeah, I think the doctor did that on purpose, but we're we're getting a little sidetracked there. But uh, fucking hell. Uh, well, Tyrod actually, okay, Tyrod is QB one. He'll go out with something to prove. But who's QB two? Who'd you say? Jeff Drexel. Dre- Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll. Yeah. Oh fuck sake! Holy shit! <laughs> okay, Brad. <laughs> David Mills or Jeff Driscoll? There's your number one pick options. I solved your whole issue for you. And honestly, you could trade. You could trade number one to me, and I'll give you my my, and I'll give you the third overall pick because I'm not gonna take either one of those clowns. I will save my top pick for the Dallas Cowboys defense. After all, come on now. Um, uh, but uh, no, that's all joking aside. That's all joking aside. But um, uh, I don't have any other thoughts on like all that there. Uh, do you have any other thoughts before we go into our next topic? No, I don't have any other thoughts on that. I, I kind of said my piece with what was going on with all those situations. So, yeah, that's fair there. That's fair there. Uh, I like the my my thing is I like how we were able to connect uh, the three there. Um, uh, although only one of them has legal issues, but um, uh, I'll get out of that there. Vander but- has legal issues, but he doesn't want out of actually the players want him out of San Jose. Players want him out of San Jose and out of the league because apparently he's betting against the league and no, against his own uh, team. Well, my thing is, going to go into that for one second? We can go into that just my, briefly. I, I don't believe the whole betting on his team or against his team thing because at the end of the day, he did lead the San Jose Sharks in points and goals. Yeah, so if you're betting on your own team, especially if you're betting against them to lose, why would you? Why would you exactly, why? exactly, exactly. That's why I don't believe it. But or, um, no, he's terrible in the locker room, so players want him gone. Players do want him gone, but he doesn't want to leave. I have a spin zone for you. All right. Let's it could it. be like the it could be like the 1919 uh, Chicago uh, White Sox, uh, the Black Sox scandal, where they all took the money and bet against the World Series. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They bet on them. They bet on they bet on the World Series. Took the money, let the gamblers uh, run it, and everything. But the thing is, though, is they shit the bed the first few games. Um, and then towards the end, they realized that like they they won a game and realized they had a chance. So they like tried to actually play good to try and actually win the World Series. But obviously, we all know they ultimately lost. Um, uh, and then you know, so that's the spin zone there. He could actually be like, "Oh, I'm betting against you guys, but I want to make myself look good." <laughs> I mean, my, my my thing is like, I I I don't. I mean. The whole thing, that whole thing is like ridiculously. Uh, I don't whole, get if you're a professional athlete how if this was, say this was true with the Vander Kahn, I don't care how you can bet against your own team. Like you, I, you're making enough money. Why do you need to bet against? I, I think you, I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's sure. I forgot he's in debt. But um, my thing is like, are you, for me, like you should be able to bet on your own team to win, in my opinion. But yeah, don't, not, but, not, not but, against but, yourself. Like but you, don't against but fighting against your own team is stupid. I mean, uh God. Man, there's man, also there's a crazy ex-wife that said this that wants all his money. That the little money he doesn't that he have has, but the little He's money got, that he has. Yeah, the debt the thousands the millions of dollars of debt that he's supposedly in. But that's another conversation we could have for another day. If we want we could talk gambling and sports as a topic, actually. Um, uh, once football actually starts, um, we, we can, uh, once the regular season starts, maybe we can get into that a little bit there, but I want to get into our final topic and I just want to, you know, do a little baseball talk mainly, you know, this can become the New York Yankees stand podcast because only one stand, you're the only Yankee stand in this podcast. Yeah, you're right. I am the only (laughs) Yankee stand, but, um, uh, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, uh, I, your your Mets are there. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I I'm not gonna say I don't want to talk about it, but Pliska, fuck you, fuck your Red Sox. You guys. Are hey, hey, hey! I it. like Pliska. I I, I like Pliska too, but he's a Red Sox fan. Yeah, that's true. Andy Pliska, where are you now? You're hiding. I so told I'm... you not to sleep on the Yankees. Okay. 
I, I was told that the Yankees were mediocre, dead in the water, blah, 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 and everything. Paiska was sleeping on them. Uh, you know, p- other people were just spreading fake news and misinformation about the New York Yankees. And they went and swept the Boston Red Sox and sent them home packing. And the Yankees are now, yes, they're only, they are still five games out of the American League East. But since July... Six. This is going back before the trade deadline. The Yankees are the hottest team in baseball going back to after July 4th. They are, they have a, they, I, I just saw the stat actually. I think they're like maybe like 28 and 11, 28 and 11 going back to July 6th or something like that. I may be wrong there. Um, uh, and they are seven. They are twenty-three and eight going back to July seventeenth, which is also the best in Major League Baseball. And at one point, the Yankees, a month and a half ago or whatever, the New York Yankees were ten and a half games behind the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox were had the best record in the American League. Everybody thought they were going to run away with the American League East. They were going to be a force to reckon with in the American League going into the postseason. But the thing is, though. Your season doesn't end in July if you are the New York Yankees. Your season ends in July if you're like the Baltimore Orioles or like or four teams in the AL Central or like I I, I don't know the Pittsburgh Pirates or for the most part. But the thing is though is like the Yankees aren't dead. They're the hottest team in baseball. I'm, they're not the best team in baseball. That the best team in baseball, I for sure. They play in the NL West. They play in California. The San Francisco Giants, like they, that whole division, like is just a, a juggernaut. Well, for the most part, I mean, you still have the Diamondbacks, but the three out of the five teams, juggernauts there. But I am just amazed at how the Yankees have just like pulled themselves together in the like in the past month and a half with all the injuries, the COVID issues. The pitching, um, you know, it was kind of like, you know, next man up. Like, it was next man up. Like, you know, Rizzo went on co- Rizzo went on the COVID list. Cole went on the COVID list. Montgomery was on the COVID list. Um, Kluber's still injured. Severino, nobody knows when he's coming back, if he's ever going to come back. Um, Gardner, who I'm still trying to figure out how he still has a place on the team because, like, you know, he's old but he's still fast, but he's actually doing stuff in the outfield. And he's also show, somewhat showing up on offense. Um, but going back to the Red Sox series for a minute, the past, the past couple of days, the hero of the series, in my honest opinion, was Andrew Velasquez, 27 year old kid guy from the Bronx who just, who's living with his parents playing shortstop for the New York Yankees in that series. And he had, and he drove in four and he drove in four runs in three games against the Red Sox. And like it was nothing. And then another surprising performance for me was last night, Andrew Heaney, who I've made mention to you about like about how he's terrible when he came to the from when he came to the Yankees from the Angels, he had an over five ERA. And I'm like, this guy fucking sucks because he give he he's given up 25 home runs like up until last night, he'd given up 24. And that was very much cause for concern there. He gave up a home run to Bogarts in the top of the first. But after that, it was shutout ball after that. He gave up one more hit. He pitched seven innings of two-hit, one-run ball against the Boston Red Sox. And it was laughable for me because Heaney's terrible, but he made the Red Sox made him look like a Cy Young candidate. And, I mean, with how they've been performing, honestly, like, I'm not, I'm not surprised but at the same time I am just because of who's been on the squad and they're not really a healthy team. So once everybody gets healthy and whatnot, like, you know, then it's just a matter of whether or not Boone, what Boone decides to do. But right now I'm in a good place with where the Yankees are. You know, they've won 12 out of their last 13 series. Their only series loss being that series in Fenway. Um, They're beating up on team. They're beating teams not named the Baltimore Orioles. Um, they, they won five and one against the Chicago White Sox this season. And everybody's talking about how the White Sox are a team to one of the teams to beat in the American league. And I'm like, uh, no White Sox fans, you're fucking vermin. Go back to your fucking sewer holes, you bitches. Cause <laughs> you can't, you can't beat the AL East. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, 
I'm in a good place as a Yankee fan compared to where I was about a month and a half ago when they were playing 500 baseball, losing to teams like Detroit. But, I mean, yeah, that's all I've really got to say there, honestly, because, like like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not declaring the Yankees, like, you know, the best team in baseball or anything, but definitely money, much improvement has been made. And, I mean, we'll see where the team goes after here. I know they're playing Minnesota for four games. Then they'll start a road trip where they'll go to Atlanta, then back out, then out to Oakland for four games. And that'll be a crucial four-game series there on the road because Oakland's one of the wildcard contenders as well. Um, and then we'll just see, like, where they go uh, from there in the end of August into September. But that's just, you know, my soapbox moment talking about the New York Yankees. I'm sorry about how things have gone for your Mets. I'm pretty sure Uncle Steve will get right off. will get on the Twitter and complain about them sometime soon. Oh, he already did. I know he did. Um, uh, I feel bad. Last night. Yeah. Oh, again? He did again? I'm pretty sure he did last night. I know he tweeted about how bad the offense was, but yeah, he no, did it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure last night. Yeah, it was either last night or two nights ago. He was it was two nights about, ago. He was talking about how bad the offense was. No, I'm talking. Okay, maybe we're talking about the same one then. Because I, th- I thought we were talking about the one from a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no, he I tweeted thought, that's that. I thought the one you were talking about, because that's the one I am talking about as well. No, he talked about the offense a couple of nights ago yeah, as well. So he did ago. it two weeks ago and then two, and then a couple of nights, two weeks ago and then a couple of nights ago. Yeah. So I kind of feel bad. I kind of feel bad that you have that owner that, like, you know, says, like, that stuff on social media, but, like, doesn't come out in the press and say anything. Like, I feel bad for you there. Um, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, it's, the NL East is the NL East. So, like... You, you're not out of it, but I mean, need the real, the Mets really need to like step it up. But I do want to just like, before I end the podcast, before we conclude the podcast, I just want to talk about like, you know, is the M, do you think the MVP race is done? Like, do you think they should call it now and just give Shohei Otani the AL MVP? Yeah. Yeah, I would say Vlad hasn't done enough to earn that anymore, whereas Shohei just produces every single night. I mean, yeah, last night he pitched eight innings of shutout ball, and then he also hit his 40th home run of the season. So not only is Shohei, like, you know, just continuing to do what he's been doing all season with leading with leading cat in categories on, the, on offense, but also pitching, like, predominantly yeah. well, too. I believe that, uh, like, he does, like, the MVP race. I'm not going to, like, call it, like, now. I think, but, like, I think if it's Vlad, a premature call. Yeah, I think if Vlad can get up to 50 home runs, because right he's at, what, 35 right now? I think um, he's behind Shohei by, like, anywhere between three to five, I believe. Yeah, I need to I take think, a look. I think if he can get up to the 50, 55 mark, I would say give it to Vlad. But I think, I, I think it's just Shohei's to lose at this point. I mean, he's yeah. had a fantastic season. Um, he's just playing in a shit team. Yeah, that's the issue. I mean, he pitches the ball great. He hits the ball great. Um, he's just, well, for both of these MVP candidates, you're both on shit teams. Well, the Blue Jays were, like, in playoff contention for the most part. And, and then, then they, they left go- Buffalo. <laughs> they love Buffalo. They started out pretty well when they went back to Toronto, but they've just hit a skid lately. Mm-hmm. But the problem is with the Toronto Blue Jays, like they don't have like they're, it's not their offense or like it's their bullpen. The Toronto Arson squad is literally the worst, the second, like one of the worst bullpens in the league. And then they have Brad. Hand. They, I still can't believe they traded for Brad Hand. That's comical. The man is terrible. He couldn't get it done for Cleveland. Uh, I mean, you know, Indians fans know that. I, I mean, Indian, you Indian Indians fans know that. Uh, and then, like when he was in Washington, like I don't know, like what the scouts were looking at. Like they must have, they must have sent Stevie Wonder out to scout Brad Hand, and you know. Oh, this guy's good. We should trade for him. I'm like, when I saw it, I'm like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? But um, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's what's letting Toronto down. And then in terms of Shohei, like he's just on a garbage Angels team. Like, um, they, you know, they're not in contention for the playoffs again. Um, Anthony Rendon was just shut down for the rest of the season, I believe. Um. I don't know what where where is Mike Trout? I have not heard that man. Is he still injured? Like is he on the IL still? 
Um, I think so. Let's see. Um, yeah, yeah, he's still on. He's still on the IL, um, but he Christ. should. Yeah, I. I think, no one. What was that? Jesus Christ is what I'm saying. That's I, I mean, like, I knew he was injured, but, like, you know, Mike Trout – but the thing is, though, is, like, Mike Trout's that player that, like, you know, we know he's so good. Like, sometimes people forget to talk about him because of how much young talent the rest of Major League Baseball has. So I thought maybe he – I thought there was a slim chance he was playing, actually. But for me to realize that he's still injured, like, that's actually sad that Yeah, no, they were talking about – um. Uh, someone from uh, the Angels baseball t- team had did an interview saying they're hoping to get Trout back within the next week or two. So he's huh. on his way back, but he is still out. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. But, yeah, no, that, that I just wanted to ask that question there because, like, you know, Shohei just had that dominant pitching performance last night and then also hitting his 40th home run of the season. And, of course, you know, there are the people that call Shohei Otani a bust or like when he first came into the league, there are the people that think he's not the face of baseball. And I just wanted you to, to uh, you know, elaborate and say that they're fucking stupid um, uh, and call them out. I won't call them out by their names though, um, uh, because that's just wrong. And, you know, they don't listen to the podcast either. So that's why I won't do it. And, uh, I only call out the people that listen to the podcast. Paisco. Okay. If he does listen to it still, I have no clue. <laughs> uh, if you are, hi, Paiska. Hope you're doing well. Um, uh, but other than that, I really don't have anything else to talk about, honestly. Um, do you have any final thoughts, sir? Um, no, it's still we're, – uh, we're basically showing the dog days of summer. We're, we're, we're this week, we're, this week is the dog up. days. It's, it's, ra- it's ra- coming to an end slowly but surely. Excuse me. Um, Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> But no, uh, we're getting sports back finally. I think hockey camp starts up first weekend of September, something like that. Uh, players will be returning, at least rookies, if they're doing that this year. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but rookies should be returned to their team soon. Um, Owen Power, uh, Sabres note, is returning to Michigan for one year. And then we'll, I'm assuming he'll probably join the Sabres at the end of his college season. Um, which most of those college players do once the college season wraps up, they'll go in for the last month or two for the NFL. Yeah. And then, the they got, then their official rookie season will be next year. Yeah. And it all depends on like if what the Amherst are doing, like in the AHL, like if the Sabres, like we all know, we all know what to expect from the Sabres, but we don't know what to expect from the Amherst. So if there's a chance that, um, uh, they make their uh, Calder Cup playoffs. There's a good chance he could potentially be on the squad for that there, but that's months down the road. So I don't want to go. In, I don't want. No, I, just, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to throw in there that he was going back to college. Oh yeah, no, so I knew that, that was know. the case there. Um, uh, so that makes sense there too. Uh, so I saw exactly why you did that because so, that was today. That was news that literally was just announced today, even though it was pretty much expected because he's like one of like four players yeah, that is. got drafted there going back. Yeah, so, but if Michigan doesn't win uh, the national championship this year, though, then there's something wrong because they have four players drafted in the top five from Michigan. Oh, 100%. Oh, and I believe all of them are returning back to college and they still have a star goaltender there. So you could probably see them winning the Frozen Four yeah. national championship. Oh, side note as well. Um, speaking of teams leaving, um, one last little thing. Uh, Coyotes looks like they're going to be wrapping up in Arizona. Move them to Quebec and City. They might be on the Bring back the Nordic. Yeah, huh? they, they're $1.5 million in debt uh, from the arena. And the city of Glendale said they're not able to return there. So we might see a hockey team be moved. A hockey team relocated. Send them to Quebec City. Sabres. Yeah, a hockey team that's not the Sabres being relocated. Send them to Quebec. Bring back the Nordique. Hockey doesn't belong in Arizona anyways. It's a fucking dry heat. I never was a fan of the Arizona. Co- I mean, I, I don't hate the Coyotes as an organization. I just hate the fact that hockey's in Arizona. I don't think it belongs there. And I'm probably in the minority there. I don't know if that's the case. I could be wrong. I could be right. Uh, about being in the minority there, but I've never agree thought about that. I remember years ago when 
um, uh, I believe it was like, uh, like, you know, a high executive of BlackBerry or whatever, or former BlackBerry executive or whatever, like he is from Hamilton. He wanted to relocate the um, uh, Coyotes um, uh, when they were still known as Phoenix, the Phoenix Coyotes, before they did their rebrand to Arizona, even though they never left the state or the arena or anything like that. Um, uh, they want, he wanted to relocate them to Hamilton and the league turned them down. The league turned him down. Uh, even though the coyotes, you know, were in the same situation that they are in now, which means they never really got out of their situation for the most part. But I would love if the coyotes were to leave, like I said, move them to Quebec, bring back the Nordique. And I don't want them called the Quebec Coyotes. I think that'll be completely fucking stupid. Uh, if they move them to Quebec, you gotta bring back the Igloo logo. You gotta bring back the Nordique. Recreate an old rivalry from back in the day of uh, between uh, the two the the two provincial uh, teams uh, in uh, the, in in Quebec. Uh, so that'd be interesting there. Um, one more tidbit. I one more tidbit. Final thought. There. Speaking of cities. Um, I had the pleasure of going down to Pittsburgh to see a Pirates game. And even though it was a terrible game of baseball, I can now say that I will, I will say that uh, I am now in the majority of people that probably think that the view from PNC park is probably the best in all of major league baseball based on how you can see the entire skyline of the city of Pittsburgh from just about anywhere, honestly, in the ballpark. I well, unless you're I in the lower, I love that ballpark. I, I unless agree. you're in the lower concourse. But the thing is, though, is like views around the entire ballpark are amazing. I love how you can see the bridges there. Oh, the bridges! I love how I can see the bridges too. I love how like I was walking around and whatnot, um, uh, for a little bit because um, uh, you know, it's the Pirates, so like you know, don't see like, you know, just kind of like walking around, taking in the stadium and everything. Well, that's the I best able- part about MLB stadiums is that walk around, just seeing everything they have there because baseball stadiums are so unique. Exactly. I was actually able to point out like where I would be sitting when I go see the Rolling Stones in October at Heinz Field. I was able to point out like you know the section like I'd be sitting in. Um, uh, so that was unique there too. But yeah, I mean, like when we went down there, like, you know, we walked across the Clemente bridge and took some pictures and everything. And then like, you know, found ourselves like around the ballpark and everything. But like, I like this fact, I liked, you know, seeing the statues of Clemente and Willie Stargell from their 71 world world championship team, um, two hall of famers. there, quite possibly two of the greatest pirates in team history. Um, only after Honus Wagner. Um, uh, but, I mean, Clemente is probably their greatest p- player in team history. Stargell will probably be, like, top five um, uh, around there. But then just, like, you know, seeing the view, walking around and everything, you know, it was nice. So I just wanted to bring that up there because uh, we, were, we were talking about baseball. It was Overall, it was a good trip. Terrible game of baseball, though. No action whatsoever. Like, the pitching, like, both pitchers were, like, terrible pitchers, but the offense looked like it just, like, wanted to go home and, like, take an off day and take an off day the next day. But all in all, like, you know, good experience, good trip, uh, best view in baseball without a doubt. Um, uh, something, Something to take off the bucket list, something taken off the bucket list there. But if with that being said, That concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred podcast platform, whatever that may be. You can also follow us on social media, even though we suck at it and we try and we keep saying we're going to work on it, but we don't. Um, uh, But with that being said, until the next episode, just keep on keeping on and keep on doing what you're doing. (laughs) 